How are we doing, everybody? It is Matt Whitmore here, one half of Fit of Food. This is Fit of Food Radio, episode number 83. And of course, my sidekick, best bud, business partner is here with me, Keris Marsden. Wagwan. <laughs> Wagwan, Matt. How are you? I'm <laughs> fine. How are you? <laughs> How are you? What have you been up to since I saw you 15 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Made a coffee. <laughs> Guys, welcome to another episode of Fit Food Radio. Um, hope you have enjoyed um, the podcast of late. You know, we've been a bit more on the ball, which is always good. And uh, wherever you are listening to this in the world, um, I hope you enjoy what's to come. Uh, speaking of which, actually, I've been um, I've been enjoying my podcast listening at the moment. Um, I've very recently started listening to podcasts in the car my mind was blown with that really I mean who knew I could (laughs) plug my phone into my car and listen to my music and my podcast simple things simple minds yeah but the thing is like you need to understand we went from like a bit of a tech uh, tech lacking car to a car now that's kind of got like all these gadgets and gizmos that we're just kind of not really used to yeah so we're I mean I mean to put it this way, like our last car had a cassette player, you know, that just put things, that puts things into perspective for you. And, and, and so, you know, whereas, uh, you know, they've kind of been phased out now somewhat. But yeah, I'm loving it because, you know, I have quite early starts now because, you know, we are living in good old Tunbridge Wells, which we absolutely love. But I do commute most days into London for like PT clients and also I'm doing some uh, group sessions as well, which is awesome. But I tend to set off nice and early. And it's just brilliant. I plug my phone in. Who do you listen to then most days? Um, well, I'm listening to a few different ones at the minute, but um, I'm listening to a podcast by Buffer, which is like a social media company. And it's just all kind of like hints and tips, you know, on things like Facebook, Instagram, all the kind of usual suspects. And of course, you know, we're in an online business and all that. You know, we need to know <laughs> about these don't things. Know, just know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we need to keep up to date. So that's quite cool. Just kind of like learning and whatnot. And then I can implement all that stuff like the very same day, which is quite cool. It's just kind of like mindless listening. Also been starting to listen in, uh, started listening to a guy called Tony Robbins, um, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Yeah. You know, I've known of him for years and years, you know, life coach, you know, travels the world doing like these amazing like workshops and whatever and he's written some like successful books and uh, and whatnot and you know I've always like seen videos about him you know read a few pieces about him but I've never really kind of like bought into it just because well I, I don't know really I just it sounds terrible but my kind of experiences like with like life coaches that I've met you know in person and spoke to have just been a bit kind of a bit out there if you like and just you know mm-hmm. haven't been people that have kind of I just haven't connected with them. I think it's yeah, the yeah. best way to kind of talk about it. Different and I kind strokes of, for different folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and with that said, I kind of like, because like Tony Robbins was like a life coach and, and things like that, I just, I don't know, I suppose I just didn't really buy into it, if you like. Um, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. However, um, I only know him as the guy who tells the story about Sly Stallone initially on, on YouTube, which is very good. He's a yeah, good storyteller. Yeah, oh, he told that amazing story, didn't he, about yeah. how Sylvester Stallone kind of made it um, as a, what was it, as a movie star and the kind of like Hollywood legend that he is, if you like. Um, you know, check that out, actually, guys, YouTube. Just put um, Tony Robbins, Sylvester Stallone, story and it will come up it's a really, really inspirational good, yeah. uh, listen isn't it yeah but yeah so anyway um, of late like I've been seeing and hearing more of him and checking out his stuff and I've watched a couple of his videos that really really inspired me I, you know I found it really kind of like aspirational and just put me in a really good headspace actually and I thought what a way to start the day like yeah. kind of like listening to something like that <laughs> Is that you on the top? Sorry, uh, Hamish just farted. <laughs> so I'm so childish. <laughs> I thought it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the dog. Playing the dog. <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> I thought, yeah. <laughs> what, Back on it. <laughs> what, what an amazing way to start the day. Um, and it was, you know. What was <laughs> Both, really. Do you <laughs> Both. <laughs> you should try it. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, just put, you in a re- put me in a really good headspace. And I thought, actually, I'm going to kind of like look at a bit more of what Tony Robbins is doing. And, and I've actually bought his recent book called Unshakable. Um, and he's got like a podcast that kind of like partners the book. And it's always quite good because I don't know about you, but you know, and sometimes you'll be reading a book that's full of some really good info. But then, of course, you know, you know, your day to day life gets in the way. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily absorb information straight away you know I've, yeah. I, I never have done I kind of need to kind of like go over stuff quite a few times before it kind of like really sinks in for me but the podcast kind of like partners up on the book so it actually reiterates a lot of what's in the book so it's always reinforcing yeah the point, so yeah. and it's really really good to kind of get that message home actually uh, so yeah I highly recommend it it's Tony Robbins uh, Unshakable podcast and yeah I suppose you could say anything that helps you just learn a bit more and be better at what you do, you know, whatever industry you're in. So for me, those two examples I've given, you know, are kind of like one that's very, very practical. It's like, you know, something that's involved in our day-to-day work, if you like. Yeah. But then something else that's just a bit more kind of, I suppose, about your state of mind, you know, um, your attitude towards what you do and just feeling a little bit more inspirated, as we say. I have to say, uh, since you've started reading it, you've been talking to me about some of the content and uh, we tend to always follow different people don't we and we're mm. inspired by very different people we never read the same books except there's that one uh comedian what's his name that we both read his biography and really enjoyed it john bishop john bishop yeah <laughs> that was a good. great read actually it was good, wasn't i it? really enjoyed really that. easy we're trying to read more before bed because both of us because we're online all day with technology you know guess the evening and we're, we could be a nightmare for kind of just check the emails one last time yeah. and what we noticed was little things would come in and they'd kind of wind us up and then we'd start talking about work and we, we thought well let's just address this at the... The, the the worst is though is when like you know one of us is in a really chirpy mood yeah. like, like ah that's one with a nice book and relax before bed the other one's just like read an email that's kind of like upset them or stressed them out or peed yeah, them yeah. off and then it's all of a sudden like of course that carries on carries over to the other person because yeah, yeah. they have, to hear, all, they have to hear all about it <laughs> so we've both been trying to do um, get into books and kind of read like our, our last hour of the day is reading and some of it will be like like you just said like kind of inspirational stuff some of it's even just I'm just reading really good fiction books um I can't remember why I was telling you the story oh we always kind of go separately but I would say with you ever since you started reading that book because I suppose people may or may not know this about us but even with what we do you just are under a lot of pressure all the time and mm-hmm. even with our experience of both training and nutrition and working with loads of clients you still have confidence knocks you still have times where you're like am I doing the right thing am I making a big enough difference today why why wasn't that kind of received very well and you still you're constantly kind of it's, it's hard isn't it like it's a bit of an ongoing battle so you kind of need your, your high fives on your journey and oh, we yeah. find them in different people don't we so yours you're very much kind of looking towards I don't know, yours always meant for a start, I suppose. That's just one observation. <laughs> Not that that's relevant Why to anything. Why is that relevant? I just, but you always kind of go for like, I'd Blonde. say... Yeah, <laughs> broad shoulders. Over six foot. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say kind of, uh, I would say like, uh, you know, like big achievers in life. Big, like, you know, really memorable people. Whereas I'm, I don't know, I suppose, okay, so a book I'm reading at the moment, you know, uh, is Not the Last Goodbye Mm -hmm. by David Seven Schreiber. And uh, he's a guy who had, I mean, you think I'm a bit morbid what I read, but he had... um, Yeah, way way to end the day on a positive note. (laughs) This guy wrote the anti-cancer book um, because he managed to kind of basically beat a 
be a brain tumour several yeah. times over and lived for 20 years when he was told most people wouldn't, wouldn't last the year. And the reason I'm, he did actually, in the end, kind of succumb to the brain tumour, and I'm reading his final book, Not the Last Goodbye, which is why you think it's a bit morbid, but in it he writes about loads of life lessons. And the reason it's really... Uh, I suppose, kind of, um, I feel it's really relevant to me, is yeah. he writes a whole chapter on what he calls positive stress. Yeah. And that is the stress where you're doing stuff you love. So, you know, that could be from from your perspective, like training, um, you know, things that, that, you know, are stressful physically or psychologically on the body, but you absolutely love it. Yeah. And what I'm noticing, that this is definitely me, but I see it in so many clients where I talk to them and they kind of say, I don't know any other mode than stress mode. I bloody love it. You know, and that, yeah. you know, they love their jobs. They like kind of um, doing several things. They like packing their weekends full of events, mm-hmm. family, friends, social events. Um, and then what happens is suddenly maybe midweek or at the end of the, the weekend, their energy levels and mood crash. And, and they're, they're kind of like, why, why? And it's basically just just kind of exhausted yourself. Yeah. And you, I kind of talk about having like credits and debits with the body and you just got yourself into debt basically. <laughs> and I do it. And, yeah. and now I'm getting better at kind of noticing the signs like, you know, the mood starts to creep down and you're like, oh, and you're not feeling as creative or positive. And that's, they're like warning signs. But he writes in, in Not the Last Goodbye, amazing book, guys, you should buy it, that for him, the positive stress is probably what actually kind of meant the cancer, you know, he couldn't beat it in the end because he was became so famous from writing anti-cancer. He flew all around the world doing these amazing presentations. Yeah. And he said he, he's, his diet was brilliant, he, he exercised every day, he found inner peace with meditation, but he just wouldn't stop. And that was his big thing. And, he, and his brothers asked him when he was given the final kind of, this is it now, probably less than a year to live. His brother said, would you do it any differently? And he said, I don't know that I would. And he was leaving a, a wife and child, but he said, I've, I've just, I've had the most amazing life and I've just changed wow. the world, you know, yeah. in so many ways, because his book is changed, has changed lives. Um, but the positive stress thing was big for me because I was like, God, that's me all over. Like, I just love, I love working really hard. I love what we do. I love our yeah. business. But if you don't calm down a little bit, you're not going to sustain it. But I mean, it's all about, you know, I think everyone, you know, needs to implement some form of restorative measure, yeah. you know, regardless of whether they feel like, you know, they love it and couldn't imagine it any other way. I do think that, you know, in our experience, you know, people in all sorts of different industries, you know, hit a wall at some point. Yeah. And, and I think there's only so long that, you know, working on like with deprived sleep or elevated cortisol or, you know, whatever it may be, will catch up with you. Yeah, of course. And we've seen it time and time again. And some people can last for a lot longer and, and whatnot, but, you know, better to kind of like implement some kind of restorative measure at some point before it's too late. You know, and just kind of floors you for a good while, which, you know, for someone who does love their job and is very much get up and go and get out there, you know, be incredibly frustrating, as you can imagine. And it's kind of like a... It's the complete opposite of your, what we call your default mode. So your default mode is like, go, 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 you know, mm. or it's, then, then it's basically kind of going against your natural instincts. And the initial phase of that, I think, is also accompanied by a little bit of guilt. Yeah. So when you do switch off, you sit there and you, you feel guilty, you feel fidgety, you can't sit still. And I, you, you tell me off because I'll like pick nails or I'll like fiddle with my hair or something like I can't sit still. Like, mm. And you're, you're kind of like, God, just sit still, just relax. Just chill out, woman. The only way I'll relax is if you give me a foot massage, which gets a bit boring if I demand that every single yeah, time. Which you pretty much do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have to decline from time to time because I develop like arthritis in my hands. Or <laughs> RSI, my thumbs. <laughs> 
But we should probably get back to the the topic we were going to talk about. Well, just about. quickly, I just want to because this is quite cool actually. There's something that um, like Tony Robbins has like mentioned, like because obviously the book is called Unshakable. Like yeah. what makes you unshakable, and it's basically being able to kind of like stand tall and you know make a decision and not kind of like falter if you like yeah. on, on the the situation that you're in. Yeah, which I really really like, and because you know anything can come up and it can like throw people right completely off course. You know, be it on a nutrition plan, training plan, you know job whatever it may be and people I suppose then quick to kind of like play a bit of a victim and that's a big thing that he talks about like you know like be the victor don't be a victim you know like and and it's easily done you know like a situation comes up that's out of our hands and it's kind of thrown us off course then all of a sudden you know we do we we become a bit of a victim we start listing off all these reasons what we can't do what we wanted to do whereas if you just took a moment and stepped back and was like am I going to be a victim here I'm a victor how am I going to go get over this? You know, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. Yeah, yeah. And it's really powerful stuff, but it takes a while to get into the habit of thinking that straight away, you know, rather than just kind of like dwelling for a little bit or whatever it may be, if that's what you've done for a long period of time. But I thought it was really, really powerful and something that resonated with me like a lot. That is so good, yeah. yeah, but yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Speaking of restorative measures, we're going, to co- we're going to cover that a lot today. Actually, with what we are going to, we are. Chat we're going about. To, well, we're going to talk about um, training today. Well, so... this is a kind of like a carry on from the. I think it was the last episode, and we we spoke a lot about kind of like uh, nutri- the nutritional yeah. side of things. We're and, about and, kind of a sustainable approach to nutrition, yeah. and now we're going to cover training because both you and I have kind of watched. We started out. God, I don't even know how long ago it was. Now we started our running training classes in London, and we went off and did kettlebell courses and everything from mobility to CrossFit. Everything we we did everything because we wanted to kind of dabble and know what we thought we would use and and do ourselves and what we'd use in classes and, and what we wouldn't. So we've then watched kind of the whole world move online, and just this has now become, I suppose, like it's just an absolute craze now, isn't it? Like when we were doing it, you would I was kind of like one person out of most of my friends who liked to most people kind of did the odd yeah. run, but no one was going to kind of you know like circuit classes and boxing and, and doing you know like heavy weights and now I don't know anyone that isn't really doing half of this stuff yeah. so you know what in so many ways this is awesome but we can't help but think it's got a little bit things have got lost in translation and everyone's got a little bit carried away especially with the kind of pressure of social media so you go on Facebook you go on Instagram you've decided to have a week off training or a day off training but then there's these amazing like body weight you know kind of videos going on or someone's showing you their latest progression of a handstand or someone's telling you they're they're on their fifth hit session that week and you're just suddenly swept away with it all and it's so it's addictive and it's contagious to get involved and think actually you know I need to get back stuck into this and what we've noticed is we're forever repairing the damage when people get carried away with it but I suppose the reason we wanted to do this podcast was because So um, some of you may or may not know, we launched a four-month online lifestyle transformation plan called Fit16. We wrote it last year. It's why we've been a bit quiet on the podcast. Um, but I have to say, like, it, it nearly ruined Matt <laughs> right in this plan <laughs> because he had to, had to sit still for long periods of time yes, and, 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 uh, with, and actually focus um, and use, you know, use an attention span for once, uh, which is normally about three seconds. But um, one of your biggest challenges, and I really felt for you with this, and we did some massive walks to talk through it, was to, to write out four months of training for somebody and get them to, um, you know, kind of build strength and um, see these progressions that are going to motivate them to continue, um, but also to have kind of a, some variety in their training so that it's always interesting and do this consistently over four months is really tough and really oh, yeah. tough for you to write that many programs because you had to write 
for beginners, intermediate, advanced, and then you had to try it for home-based, gym-based, and anyone who just had some dumbbells in. So it was a lot. Yeah. Well, but but actually, I feel for me more because I had to oh, check right. all the video links. I was about to ask if I can have an holiday then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check every video link <laughs> for every great. exercise. That was, that was, uh, I called it URL hell. Like, well, well, the thing is, is <laughs> with, with Fit16, like, the the whole idea is, as Kerry said, is like, it's a lifestyle transformation that we could look kind of looking at everything. And a big thing that I wanted to make sure of from the training side of things was that I wanted it to appeal to everybody. So, you know, if someone has literally, you know, not exercised a day in their life, you know, never picked up a dumbbell or anything like that, you know, I, I want them to be able to sign up for Fit 16 and not feel intimidated, not feel overwhelmed by the workouts, not feel not feel like a, like a failure, like many do if they can't do yeah. something. <clears throat> so it's important for me that, you know, like we made it very clear upon sign up that, you know, if someone is a complete beginner or if they are someone who's more intermediate or advanced, you know, is it someone who maybe because they're new to exercise doesn't want to join a gym because they haven't got the confidence yet, they just want to train at home with their body weight or maybe just a pair of light dumbbells? Yeah. If so, great, we've got a plan for them. Yeah. You know, same as someone who, you know, does go to the gym, they've been training for a long, long time, you know, for years they consider themselves advanced, but they're just looking for something a bit different, maybe a little bit more structure, a bit more accountability, then great, we've got something for them too. But of course, what's important there as well is, you know, it's it's all in a good heart, you know, getting someone to do a workout plan, but, you know, that's the easy bit ensuring it's something that's structured as well as being progressive as well as of course being enjoyable is you know is is kind of where it's at that's where the work's involved because it's easy to kind of get stuck into a workout but actually some people look back and think i've been training my ass off the last six months but have i really progressed that much am i that much stronger am i doing anything different or have i just been kind of in this routine and don't get me wrong you know training's great but for me, you know, training should be progressive and it's so much more satisfying when you can look back and go, oh, I'm squatting more than I used to. I'm moving better than I used to. I feel so much fitter and stronger and healthier than I used to rather than just going, oh, yep, smash myself in the gym again today. You know, sweated all over the place, job done. <laughs> yeah, Wrong. I was going to say, I, mean, I think that's one of the problems. When I first started out training, I was all about, you know this, I was all about the frequency and the intensity and the duration. And I was ticking boxes all the time. So it had to be this many sessions of this length, etc. And so many trainers, uh, because I, I trained in a gym where you worked and got to know all the trainers. And a lot of them would kind of take me to one side and say, like, there's no organization, there's no structure to how you train. So initially, what was great about it was I went from kind of someone who just ran um, to then diving into, I tried things like body pump and circuits and boxing. So initially, my body adapted really quickly, really well, and I got definition. So my legs and arms changed, and loads of people mm-hmm. were like, oh, you look really toned. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start wearing, you know, <laughs> like decent gym kit now because I look, <laughs> I look like I train. I'm, whereas I'm before, before I was kind of in like a baggy t-shirt, and and so initially my body did respond, but it was only a short period of time before it absolutely stopped responding. And I have no doubt in my mind that was because I was overtraining. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one and secondly because there was just no structure so often it was kind of way too much um interval training which i loved doing and i'd always yeah. rope in like i'd get into the gym and go right who wants to do i've devised this session on the own machine yeah. and i'd rope in five people but the problem was i did that every day for at least five days a week consistently yeah and you know you were one of the people who said to me you're never gonna oh, here we go yeah, yeah. But, but also like 
what are your goals? And I was kind of always like, oh, I want to get strong and I want to do this. And you're like, well, Kate, you're, you're working against them for a start because you don't let your body recover. And then secondly, even from a body composition perspective, it started to work against me. And if anything, I would say I was gaining weight. And, and you could, I then entered the, the fitness industry. People feel they can comment very freely about your body, didn't they? And I got a lot of, well, you're very curvy for somebody who exercises so much. And, oh, it's nice that you, you don't lose your uh, shape, even though you drink so much. And it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got a lot of those comments. So for you, when you were writing this... But the, just to kind of like touch on that, the thing is, though, a lot of people, what they would normally do as a response to that, and you were guilty of this as well, is what would they do? A diet. They, they, they do more. Oh, try, yeah, I was going to say, or, or a diet. Like, I or need a to go. train more. Yeah. You know, I need to train for longer. I need to add another session in there, which yeah, you, would. again, were guilty of, you know, like or previous the, podcasts where you were like doubling up on your sessions, two in a day. Or I tidy up my nutrition Monday to Friday. <laughs> Let's not for, talk about what happens yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you cherry-picked, basically. And, yeah. and for me, the training was easier because I was loving doing it. It was mm-hmm. social. So I was like, well, I'll just do, yeah, I'll just do more. And neglected everything else, like sleep and, and but just recovery. And when I look back, I see clips. Facebook sends you memories and clips sometimes. And you can see in my body, it's just, I've got water retention. Like, yeah. I, just, I just don't look like someone who is is fit and strong well no i mean i think you are being a bit harsh on yourself like you were still smoking hot (laughs) thank you that's for sure (laughs) you were biased i was but but it's true i I, I speak my mind but then uh the other thing i was going to mention about what you do is um i have a lot of clients who come to me through uh watching your videos on facebook so some male clients and they say gosh when matt trains he doesn't seem to do like you know, um, isolation training, like just bicep curls or, you know, just kind of what they call it, like the body split kind of vanity training. Like Matt seems to be doing... Bro workout. Bro workout, yeah. And Matt's doing like, one minute he's doing kettlebell swings and then he's doing like chest, uh, dumbbell chest press. And like, how's he, how's he structuring that workout? Like you've got a magic formula. Yeah. So do you have a magic formula? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to share that with us? I'm going to launch it as a product, a thousand pounds. (laughs) And I'll tell you, all my magic formula. (laughs) (laughs) No, put this cream on your pecs twice a day. And (laughs) and this this is the thing. And um, it's funny because nowadays, like you'll see, like on on Facebook, you see this a hell of a lot. And and this goes for nutrition and training. But it's like, here's my secret formula to fat loss, or check out my um, training blueprint for you know optimal body composition yeah or you have, it, you have protocols for yeah for and it's, it's a bit like oh, 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 <laughs> like come on like there is no secret there is no blueprint you know it, it, but these are all just keywords these are buzzwords to try and rope people in and um, i suppose for me like with fit 16 you know when i write training programs for my clients when i do our classes and i work my, you know it's I suppose for me, a big chunk of what I do is managing people's expectations because people get it in their head that in order to get results, they need to do this really funky, crazy um, like form of exercise. They need to train hell for leather as often as possible. And if they're not like gasping for air or feeling like they're going to be sick or sweating buckets, then it wasn't an effective workout. And um, believe it or not, like I actually, you know, I have one extreme where I've got a kind of nag clients and say, pull your finger out. You need to move more. Yeah. And I've got other clients. where I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. Yeah. Like just for a moment, just chill out, like stop chasing intensity all the time. And it's just amazing how you've got that kind of complete, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum, if you like. 
Can I just quickly say as well, if it's good to, at this point, if you're listening, to do a little bit of reflection on your personal trainer and whether they spot that in you. Because I, again, have a lot of people who come to me and go, my personal trainer beasted me this morning. Like, yeah. that's what you went for. You like should it's, feel... Like it's a badge of honour. Yeah, you should feel challenged, but your personal mm-hmm. trainer should be asking questions like, did you sleep well last night? How are your stress levels this week? What's your nutrition been like? And if, it's, if the answer to that is crap, 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 then yeah. it's a general movement, you know... But I think as well, like a PT, a good PT good coach will always will will kind of once they've been working with you for a bit will be able to pick up on these things anyway you know if they know you if they know your personality you know they'll if they're observant they'll notice how you (laughs) come into the gym that day i was gonna say if you rock up with like one eye open and no trousers on (laughs) you're right mate (laughs) i did have someone rock up once with his shorts and t-shirt on inside out and his shoelaces like he'd almost tied them together like left and right not not <laughs> he was knackered he was a teacher and he was highly stressed but he walked in and i was like it's just going to be a stretch today for us <laughs> mobility today yeah cool. basically. <laughs> <laughs> no but do you see what i mean like it's yeah. like you just naturally start to pick up on those yeah. things so it's not necessarily yeah. that you have to ask all these questions every time how are you how do you sleep no no it? but it, no, it was no. coming to conversation I, I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying um, but I mean, a good personal trainer should be asking you all those things yeah, on course. a regular basis, not yeah. necessarily every session. Yeah. But. No, no, I see what you're saying. And then, you you know, you, you adapt things accordingly, right? Yeah. Um, so what would you say would be, because you write the plans, I don't write any of the, the training plans we do, how do you, what ingredients you put in there? It's like, how do you pick? I know if I'm going to do, um, say, like a nutrition plan for a client, I'm kind of looking, okay, here's, they definitely need some of this, they need some of that, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I put it all well, together, so. Well, the thing is, it's like, um, you know, people are always like, what's the best exercise for this? What's the best exercise for that? And, you know, the, the truth is, like, no exercise is necessarily essential, unless, of course, you are a power lifter where, you know, it's based on squat, deadlift, and a bench press. So, of course, squat deadlift and bench press would be essential because that's what you lift in competition same as if you're olympic lifter you know the snatch and the clean and jerk it's essential because that's what you do in competition yeah but outside of that for kind of like everyday folks like us who just love to train and just maybe want to burn body fat or build muscle or just improve general fitness and conditioning and well-being there no one exercise is essential per se so there's no one exercise to get a flat stomach or, well, or again, I, I've got a secret or, formula oh, right, okay. that, that specifically works your lower abdominals. Really? Specifically. And tone, we'll, tone we'll reveal them in seven days. Right. <laughs> seven days only. Maximum. So. Maximum. That's all it takes. Um, no, but like, you know, and, and I always say like, for me, training is like nutrition. You know, like when we talk about nutrition, we're always like get a nice wide variety of nutrients. Of food, yeah. Of, of food. Yeah. And for me, I like to do that with training as well. I'm getting a nice wide variety of, of exercises. However, you know, make sure you've got the basics in place first. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like, you know, like imagine... Uh, if you will, the, the, the kind of like the fundamentals, the basics of your main course, and then yeah. you kind of complement them with your side, side dishes, you know what I mean? So Side of yoga. Yeah, side of yoga, side of mobility, <laughs> yeah. side of some isolation work. <laughs> and um, what do I mean by the basics? You know, people, you know, should be able to squat relatively well. Yeah. You know, and that can be a variation of a squat. It doesn't have to be a barbell back squat. It might be dumbbell squats. If that's the equipment they're using, it may be a bodyweight squat. Yeah. You know, and be able to perform it very, very well, pain-free, with good movement. Astagrass. Maybe. 
you know, eventually, yeah. you know, but that might not be the case at first of all, but people should, I think, should be able to squat well and people should be able to uh, do a form of deadlift well, you know, and again, it doesn't need to be barbell, it could be dumbbell, it could be a trap bar, but something that allows them to kind of uh, stimulate their posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, lower back, etc., etc. Um, You know, because muscle activation is incredibly important. Like, you know, just because you can perform a movement doesn't necessarily mean you're activating the correct muscles and you know nowadays you know people need very sedentary lifestyles um and i've worked with clients who physically can't even contract their glutes just standing up let alone you know when lifting a bar off the floor yeah so you know <clears throat> we'd work on getting someone to be able to activate muscles before we even start adding resistance if that makes sense if because um, i have this problem what is your favorite kind of glute activation exercise if it doesn't kind of not if deadlifts and squats it's not switching on your quad dominant well i, I before i get someone to do a, do a squat or deadlift anyway i would have taken them through like a bit of a uh, an assessment if you like yeah. and i would have got them you know just the kind of classic standing up tucking the pelvis forward and just clenching the bum cheeks you know is someone able to do that yeah you know and then you might add a little bit of load so you might get them to do like a glute bridge you know on the floor yeah. pushing the hips up to the ceiling are they be able to engage the the glutes there if so fantastic and then you can kind of pro- progress from there and start maybe start with maybe like a kettlebell or a dumbbell deadlift so just one in between the feet so the load isn't too sorry i'm laughing because there's a facebook video of a trainer who's getting his client to do all these glute bridges and he just keeps cupping her bum <laughs> like, yeah. just, well, that's, that's not what i do <laughs> i was just gonna say no, i asked the are you activating first. the glute? <laughs> can i cup your bum yeah um you know so it's, it's kind of things like that but but again like for me let's say squat variations you know kind of hip hinge you know hip more uh, dominant movements such as deadlifts maybe even a kettlebell swing something like that and of course you know upper body pushing movements such as you know push-ups bench press you know overhead shoulder press barbell press whatever it may be and of course pulling movements you yeah. know barbell rows dumbbell rows of course if we can get someone up to a pull-up fantastic you know it's always my mission with people i think it's quite a like you you know i think you should be able to pull up your own body weight why it's not it's a great goal to have isn't it and i think yeah, it's, it's fantastic it, it's one that is it's a slow burner so when you finally get your first pull up you're just like whoa you know it's really kind oh, yeah. of a testimony to your dedication it's great especially with women because yeah. a lot of women get it in their heads that women can't do pull-ups yeah. it's just how it is and it's really really and don't get me wrong it is hard for anybody to do a pull-up you are essentially lifting your entire body weight hell yeah it's hard um it is amazing like i've got some like some of the women who i train and i'm building them up to some pull-ups now because it's just great to have that performance-based goal yeah and um it's not that pull-ups are a superior exercise uh, exercise as i mentioned you know there is no essential exercise for kind of like general fitness and fat loss etc but it is a really satisfying thing and my female clients kind of like past and present who have managed a pull-up Honestly, the look on their face is priceless. It's brilliant. It's a, <laughs> yeah. And it's a great goal to have that takes you away from just what the scales say, yeah, how many yeah. calories I've burned, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I'm glad but, you mentioned the, the push and pull, actually, because I think that is an area when you look... Um, so when I look online at what people are doing or kind of think about my own personal training, again, I used to love the kettlebells. Um, I used to love doing quite a lot of core stuff. So like in a, we used to have a war machine, which is kind of like a TRX, but it's not... Um, you take a pin out and so therefore the legs are basically uneven so mm-hmm. really awesome for core um, and you know I, I love so I love press ups and eventually after a, a period of time you were kind of like Kerry she's starting to look like a hunchback because I would then finish all of this stuff and then go and sit up my laptop and write up client programs and, shoulders, and yeah. my shoulders around it rowing was another thing and teaching spin so everything I did was like rounded forward 
and tight ch- just yeah. tightening my chest muscles with all the kind of press ups and stuff which I loved and uh, and eventually the shoulder position moved and I got various different rotator cuff injuries and mm-hmm. uh, and you then got me on a program of pulling and I used to be a right um, I'm a, I'm the worst client for you aren't I really because I don't like to do things that I'm not very good at um, well, but because well, I was so rounded I found it to hard be fair, to grow I think you know that's the majority of people yeah you know yeah. why wouldn't you want to do the things that you're good at yeah because yeah. you're good at them and it makes you feel good yeah. or whatever but then of course over time you start neglecting the things you're not so good at and it creates imbalances which over time changes the posture you know changes the the kind of like you know the general kind of like visible balance of your body symmetry if you like yeah but But even the proprioception like muscles just wouldn't fire well that's it and and, and for a lot of people you know it it does it eventually leads to injury yeah which sucks and then you've got to invest a load of time doing like rehabilitation work which is dull and boring and frustrating and then most people don't stick to it because it's dull and boring and actually never quite get rid of the injury so for me like i say no exercise necessarily essential just get a nice balance across the board yeah. but also you know be able to identify weaker areas and do something about them um you know so for me you know when i work with clients you know men women whatever you know part of what i do is you know trying to spot areas of weakness and then i you know identifying them and then working to improve those weaknesses so it makes perfect sense right if you've got a weakness somewhere to to maybe do it more often yeah naturally yeah, yeah you know the more you do something the better you get you know for example like i'm working with a client right now that's um, incredibly quad dominant this guy's got like quads that most men would you know would die for you know phenomenal quads however you know his hamstrings and his glutes don't quite match up to his quads yeah because his quads are so big and so strong that they just want to dominate any kind of squat based dead, deadlift based kind of like movement that involves the lower body yeah. because the mm. body will naturally try and do things in the easiest way possible so if it sees that a muscle is big and strong and it can take it it's going to go well I'm just going to let them do the work yeah. and the hamstrings and the glutes will sit back and go like crack on quads you've got it mate keep that's, going that's so many women and then they wonder why they get knee knee and usually hip problems and you know it's usually generally like that imbalance between kind of you know posterior and and um, sorry hamish <laughs> a posterior chain yeah, yeah like and but you know I think most people I do work with tend to be quite quite dominant um just you know for, for kind of like numerous reasons but um just kind of going back to what uh for me what what makes a good workout plan regardless of your goal is you want to ensure that it's got enough variety to kind of stimulate you and kind of like keep you enjoying the sessions and going back um however it's really important that you do manage the expectations of your workout you don't think it's a case of having to go like hell for leather all the time and just ensuring that you've you've got enough structure there in place to actually see the results that you want to see so variety is good but you don't want to create too much variety to where the body can't adapt to all these different stimuluses that you're providing which could Um, be an issue if someone's relying on group exercise classes in some ways if they're not linked which they often aren't. So mm. if you go to a boot camp and then a hit class and then a boot camp and then a circuit or something like that, which is, which is what, again, I see a lot of people doing, yeah. there's no consistency between them. So other than the fact that you're probably going to do a lot of press-ups in a boot camp and burpees. And- which again, like from a, from a calorie output perspective... Yeah from a general fitness perspective, like, is no bad thing. Like, yeah. if you're moving, you're getting the heart rate up, you're getting a sweat on, you know, and like I say, you're burning calories, which yeah. is, of course, going to help you if you've got a fat loss goal and you want to be in a deficit, etc., etc. However, it grows tiresome after a while, doing the kind of same old thing at the same old intensity, at the same old rep range, blah, blah, blah. 
And, you know, so you need enough of a shake-up to kind of, like, stimulate the body and, you know, promote further progress and, and whatnot. But at the same time, if you change things too much, you know, yeah. the body just doesn't quite adapt. And I'll I, I tell you what, a great example of this, actually, is CrossFit, right? Because CrossFit is renowned for being super varied you know you know these guys and girls are doing like heavy one rep max stuff you know super heavy clean and jerks and snatches followed by some crazy high rep 50 wall ball squats and, and things like that so you know in one workout or in one wad if you like they may be doing some power base work some strength based work some crazy endurance based work and some cardio that's a wad right mm-hmm. but when you see these guys train and I'm not, you know, like, I, I'm not a CrossFitter. Like, I've had a little bash at it, but, um, you know, I'm not a CrossFitter. But when I look at some of these more experienced guys and their workouts, their workouts are still very, very structured. You know, it's the the wads to look at might seem a bit crazy. You might be like, whoa, I've got everything going on in here. Yeah. But a lot of these guys and girls, like, b- before they do the wad, they would have done some real solid technique work. They would have done some amazing mobility work to improve their range of m- movement. You know, they would have done a bit of strength-based work, a bit of explosive power work in one particular workout. Another workout might be some carnage on the rowing machine. Yeah. Another workout, you know, might be a little bit more endurance-based, higher rep. So it's not like every single workout. It's just this massive cluster of... because they know that you know that would be very slow progress and whilst they know they need to tick all those boxes in competition not every workout would be as varied as that if that makes sense yeah yeah no absolutely you know so yeah so speaking of the the kind of you just touched on a kind of row machine so another area then hit and cardio Mm -hmm. so much confusion over over that and i think again hits now very fashionable um, cardio got its slate in a few years ago didn't it cardio makes you fat cardio oh, you know and and, it, and it's kind of our, our take on it has always been we've always done a bit of both and always enjoyed a bit of both and we kind of adapt our own training based on our energy and, and if, if we're totally yeah. honest you love the kind of hit stuff now and I love the cardio stuff like almost genetically we're, we're just better both of us are kind of adapted towards it as well I've got I know I can do cardio for mm. Britain and you you love the intensity stuff because a it kind of appeals to your strength and second it's over and done with in seconds so yeah, it's quick and you Ooh, prefer 20 that, yeah. seconds job done but we equally know that we need to mix Sounds it familiar. up <laughs> yeah <laughs> we <laughs> shut up we have to mix it up and switch so that sometimes you're doing a bit more endurance cardio. I'd say yours is generally walking like that you would do. But it isn't interesting because my endurance cardio, like if I go for a jog or a plonk on the cross trainer or the stepper, whatever it may be, I do that purely for restorative measures. Yeah, I don't, don't do, do it, it because I'm like, right, I'm going to work at this percentage of my heart rate. I'm going to burn no. this many calories. For me, it's great for me. I just whack some tunes on or I whack a podcast on and I just kind of like let my thoughts, you know, like just gather my thoughts and I just go. I'm I'm not trying to work at a particular intensity. Yeah, I'm going to get my heart rate up a little bit. I'm going to get a sweat on. I'm going to get the blood pumping. But that's mainly to just kind of like, you know, flush my body out, if you like, you know, as a figure of speech, get a sweat on, get the blood pumping, you know, aid my recovery, get the blood to like the muscles that need to be repairing from previous workouts. And, and it makes me feel great, you know, and it's, and it's almost better that way for me because yeah. rather than you start fixating on the numbers, like oh, I need to keep my heart rate at this or I need to be on level whatever and keep my RPM or my SPM like above this and I need to go for this long, all of a sudden, it cha- for me anyway, it changes why I do it. Yeah. I'm not an endurance person. I never will be i've done a half marathon once that's enough i'll never do it again thank you very much <laughs> but but that's just what 
what what I enjoy yeah, yeah. and what works for me. I'm still getting cardiovascular benefits, of course I am, because yeah. I am raising my heart rate and I'm maintaining it for a prolonged period of time. My attitude towards why I'm doing it is very, very different yeah. to why someone like you might do it. Like if you go for a run and kind of like dig in no, a little no, bit I or, or somebody yeah, yeah, else, yeah. Like just as an example. I was going to say, yeah. mine has changed in that. I, the mistake I think I used to make was I used to treat cardio as anaerobic in terms of my cardio sessions. I used to try and push my heart rate up to about 170 on a run. <laughs> yeah, basically. I never got the... The, but one of the benefits of cardio is that kind of gentle, like that gentle pace, and really to get them to get the most benefits, which is kind of just improving base level fitness, and and like you've said, just doing a bit of gentle movement. You actually should be almost lazier than than possibly I was being. So actually, run at a place a pace that feels very easy, and you could go for for long periods of time. And so I do that now with the dog. And so if you saw me, I always think like my dad used to see me out running years ago and say, I always notice you because it looks like a bloke. Like proper striding down the road, like, a, like I thought I was limping. Yeah, and like I really would push myself on a forty-minute run as yeah. well. So not just for like ten minutes. Whereas but, now I feel like I can run for kind of sixty minutes, but the pace is so much slower. Mm-hmm. I did a few running lessons with uh, um, um, what are they called? Um, can't they, not Vivo. Um, the Vivo? Yeah, it was Vivo yeah, Barefoot. Yeah, Vivo, yeah, Vivo Barefoot Shop had a running lesson there where he even said your stride's too big bring it in, shorten it, use your hamstrings more. And so I do this kind of different style of running and it's more cardio-based, it's, it's lighter for me. Yeah. And I think that, again, is another common mistake I see is people pushing cardio into the... Into, it's almost like interval training in some ways yeah. in terms of the intensity. It's not but, because they're continuing. But the but. thing is, is like, you know, there is nothing wrong. And I say this, you know, to, to everyone, like you don't need to go absolutely helpful level on every single workout. However, it is good every now and again to really step out of your comfort zone push yourself a little bit kind of like test your metal if you like um because a i think it's just good psychologically kind of like it puts you to the test it's a nice little challenge it's a stimulus in that sense and i do genuinely believe it's good for you you know but the key is is not all the time you know if you're if you're going to absolute failure and exhaustion every single workout you know chances are most people are not doing enough you know from a nutrition lifestyle and general kind of restorative measures in order to support that yeah and i don't think i've ever met anybody that has been able to do that and and have everything else in place you know you know like they're sleeping enough they're 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 hitting their protein target every day yeah you know they're managing their stress really really well etc etc you know most people don't all have all those ducks in a row so it's not more often not the people that are training like crazy people are the, probably the people that shouldn't be. I was going to say it's kind of we we say it's like inflammation on top of inflammation. Yeah, yeah. you know because a lot of these people were you know are training like that because they're really stressed and worked up and you know they're not getting enough sleep and they feel like crap so they have a really intense workout to they kind of counteract that and then it, they get into a bit of a vicious cycle. But you know like that's that's another podcast I guess. Well we've spoken about that many a time yeah. haven't we? But so what's the take on on, on hit training then? How so hit how is, often would you say? Well, for me, like HIT is a great form of exercise. Any kind of exercise is a great form of exercise, but HIT has kind of been labelled as like the golden child of fat loss, and and it's not the case. You know, it isn't necessarily the best exercise for fat loss. Can it be used uh, as an uh, as part of a you know an effective Tool, toolbox, an effective way of <laughs> yeah. achieving fat loss? Yeah, of course yeah. it can. But you can say that for any yeah. exercise. Um, so HIT is great. Um, my only issue with HIT, um, which obviously you know just to reiterate, stands for higher intensity interval training to where you kind of go through um, like bouts of of high intensity exercise with lower intensity exercise. The thing is, the biggest mistake I see people make with HIIT is is that they 
quite simply, they're not really doing it properly or they're not doing it in the most effective way possible. And what I tend to mean by that is like when you see some people saying, oh, I done some hit today. Um, it was 60 minute, uh, 60, sorry, a 60 second sprint followed by a 20 second rest, 10, 10 sets. It's like that is not hit. You know, you physically couldn't maintain the maximal intensity for 60 seconds on a sprint. Like, you know, that's like Usain Bolt managing his 100 meter pace for for a full minute he yeah. physically could not do it so there's more that's more what people are doing is interval training it's a it's a form of interval training but and that's the thing there's <laughs> an, an, but they'll call it hit yeah. because hits call hashtag yeah, yeah, hit yeah. like everyone does hit everyone yeah, knows yeah. what hit is and, and the classes are all but, called and what, hit and the thing usually. is interval training just sounds mediocre compared to high intensity <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interval yeah. training whereas for me you know a, a, a working set at the very maximum and i'm being super generous here should be 30 seconds right. maximum for me, if I'm getting someone to do hit, it'd be between the 10, 15, 20 second range because I know at that duration, they can go hell for leather, yeah. be it on the rower, be it cranking out as many burpees as they can, be it sprinting on a, on a, on a stationary like exercise bike or the treadmill or whatever or, or running up a bit of an incline, whatever it may be. 20 seconds, 10, 15, 20 seconds, people can really get into it and maintain a good high intensity for that duration. Now, the biggest, uh, the other biggest problem I see with here is people don't allow enough rest. So if you was to get someone to, let's say, for example, do 10 sets of a, a burst of intense exercise, if you're only resting 10, 20, 30 seconds, just watch the, t- watch the intensity drop <laughs> set after set after set after set. And again, to use like a 100-meter sprinter as an example, something that's so kind of anaerobic, sharp, fast, explosive. These guys are running at 110%. They're giving everything, right? Of course they are. Yeah. If they would like to rest 30 seconds and go again, it would take them longer. Rest 30 seconds and go again, it would take them longer. You know, their last set of like 100 metres would probably take them like bloody 25 seconds because <laughs> they'd be so burnt out and they wouldn't be able to perform at the intensity. So for me... It'd be like hashtag half-rate hit. Yeah, half half fast <laughs> hit. Half-hearted half, half hit. <laughs> you know, so... Don't be afraid to rest a little bit longer to get more out of your working sets to be able to maintain that high intensity. So for me, as a general kind of rule of thumb, you know, I say as a very minimum, your your rest period should at very least, bare minimum, match the working Work set. Yeah. So if you've gone for it for 20 seconds, then, you know, you can rest for 20 seconds. But that does depend on what you're doing. If you're doing something, on, say, like on a stationary bike, you know, you could probably maintain a similar-ish intensity on a kind of like one-for-one work to to rest ratio something like a flat out running sprint requires more 100 percent, it requires more so i think it should be at least double ideally maybe three times you know the the the, you know the the rest period to the work to the work set just to kind of well the the tabata (laughs) protocol is well a it's only four minutes long yeah so in that instance you know it's uh it's different in that sense whereas traditional here you're looking at more like 10 15 minutes yeah. of work uh but also as well again i can promise you this if you're training at a high enough intensity on a tabata again your intensity will drop 100 yeah, yeah if you want a short sweet workout four minutes you push for time and you just want to crank the intensity up burn a chunk of calories in a short space of time it's fantastic is yeah. it the most effective way to do here no yeah. it's not it's good i think a bike tabata is just nice when you're getting into training though it's so unintimidating oh yeah 20 seconds on <laughs> yeah. fast pace slow for 10 bish yeah. bash bosh four minutes yeah. 
off you go. Off, off you go. <laughs> Job done. Um, so, but again, like just to kind of reiterate, you know, low intensity, steady state cardio, fantastic uh, form of exercise. Hit, fantastic form of exercise. Um, Especially you should just, I mean, one thing to add would be the benefits. I mean, the reason that you would mix up both, and a lot of people go back to calories for this, don't they? And they go, well, yeah. HIT is muscle preserving because you're not going for as long, and it's also you're getting the muscles, you know, highly stimulated, so they're going to be become more insulin sensitive, so better for carbohydrate metabolism. Mm-hmm. And then with the cardio side of things, it's kind of other benefits in terms of okay, you're you're going for longer periods of time, so there's maybe slightly more calorie calorie expenditure during the session, but there's not after. There isn't the same yeah. afterburners hit. This is just a summary of all the stuff that's out there, but then. You you get the kind of endorphins and generally if you could be outside that's wicked outside in nature even better maybe not running in london right now (laughs) but what i was going to say so in a way it is a combo of the two and in terms of like if you can only manage one of each you know like a one hit session and a and that's where it's gone wrong for me where it's kind of like I know people who say they have to run every day. Mm-hmm. There's hashtags, run every damn day. You know, I know people who do hit every day, like hit every damn day. That sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, that's where it's all gone totally wrong. Like, of course it has. Of course just, it has. And bits and bits of one of, you know, minimum of one of both would be fantastic. And A, a lot of that's a mindset thing. Yeah. People kind of like set this bar of running every day. So of course anything less is like a failure. I'm going to yeah, get yeah. fat. Okay. Um, you know, Those I'm not going to... challenges gonna... where it's run for the next yeah, and so it, many days. I'm just like, why? Like everyone's guilty of this. Yeah. You were guilty of yeah, it. Yeah, I was guilty of it that more and more is better. Yeah. You know, same with weight training. I remember when I went through a phase in my teens and I was a bit like, I'm getting great results. Like for my age, I'm in really good shape. I know I'll do more. Yeah. And I ended up doing I was lifting weights every single day. Yeah. As well as playing footy, as well as kind of like general playing, going out on my bike and all of that. I mean, luckily for me, I've always been an eating machine, so I was never short of <laughs> calories, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I was supporting myself in that sense. Yeah. However, I remember when I woke up one morning as a kid and it felt like my whole body cramped up. Why wouldn't it? Like I was lifting weights yeah. to failure because that's what I read in all the Flex magazines where <laughs> to failure to build yeah, muscle yeah. every day. It was, it was like I had so much DOMS in my body, every single muscle that, you know, any form of muscle contraction, you know, just lifting my arm up to like brush my teeth and my bicep would like go into like a spasm because <laughs> it's like, Ugh. you know, because I overworked it. Everyone's been guilty of it. Some people are still guilty of it. And I think it's all part of the learning curve. But yeah. for us, like we're very fortunate now that we've been in this industry a long time and we've kind of learned from our mistakes and we're, we're able to pass that on to other people and we're in a very good place now with our training. And, and it's always quite interesting because I came from a much more stereotypical bodybuilding background, if you like, as a kid, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, all these kind of like people. Who you do know. you think inspires people now? The next generation. I don't know. I mean, you know, bodybuilders still a thing. Bodybuilders Justin still a thing. Bieber. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose you know. I, I, I couldn't no, really like, answer I that. I think of like stars who, because I would remember seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. people like that. Not that it inspired me in any way. But yeah. I just wondered who would, who's who do you think the next generation is well, looking I think, at? I think now. I think like um, like more like sportsman you know if, if you like you know like heaven forbid Tom Daly <laughs> Tom Daly well he's in, he's in, he's in good shape <laughs> good though shape, isn't he? yeah. I've lost my train of thought oh, yeah, so I came from like a bodybuilding background but then of course in, you know in my younger years and I kind of like built muscle mass etc etc whereas now I have a much more balanced approach and you know I do some strength based work I do some hypertrophy based work I do a little bit of hit. I like getting outside now and doing sprints I very recently got back into boxing and, and rugby um, you know, so that's kind of like my competitive edge. Yeah. Um, and that kind of ties in. I was meant to mention this earlier about kind of like stepping out of your comfort zone. If you play a sport, 
then in training you need to step out of your zone because you know you can't be in a boxing match when someone's trying to hit you and think like oh i'm just going to work at 80 percent today yeah, yeah. i'm not going to work to failure yeah. you're going to go hell for leather and you, yeah you're going to pace yourself where you can but you know someone's coming at you someone's trying to hit you you can't be taking your time you've got to be able to kind of like tolerate which is why you know, a high really, work rate you know it's quite important to think about um we should probably finish on restoration we should start on restoration probably but um, if you are one thing I have to mention to clients who are kind of looking a bit stressed run down and I can tell like adrenal health is not great for them when they tell me they're going to go off to maybe like a boot camp or maybe like a boxing circuit class kind of say some of these environments are not always the best if you can't trust yourself yeah. Um, and I know I wouldn't be able to trust myself in a lot of those environments. So It's like buying um, a bag of cookies, you know. Yeah, basically. Good. I'm if you can't trust one. yourself to just have one, you're totally. probably best not buy them. Totally. And what you might be better doing is, like we've just said, kind of walk would be amazing. Yoga class would be amazing. But if you just want a little endorphin hit, because if you don't get one, you're going to hit the... <laughs> The, the cookie jar then you know a gentle exercise bike you know session kind of plug into some music that you love like you just said or cross train and keep that kind of just movement for the sake of movement and and don't go into an environment that's gonna where you're you're gonna ignore everything that you know is kind of um you know wrong for you and and, and you're just gonna smash it out anyway yeah because actually this is the fantastic thing about um, just going back to the book i'm reading the um not the last goodbye he does kind of say that that is the bit that he ignored was he was arrogant. And it was a great phrase. He was arrogant because he said, I ate well, I exercised and I loved what I did. I was arrogant that my body would withstand a ton of flying all around the world and stress from presentations and, and late nights and sleep deprivation. He said, I was arrogant to think I could sort it out later or address it later or recuperate mm. later. And he said, I never did. And that for me, I was like, God, that's totally me. <laughs> like, I, yeah. You know, I'll go into an environment that I know is wrong for my body and I'll go right just another double espresso i'll sort it out later i'll fix this later i'll sleep more later i'll sleep when i'm dead that's awful (laughs) like you have to be careful you you hear it a lot don't you yeah yeah. it's almost it's almost nowadays like sleep is seen as a weakness oh you need an early night do you yeah 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 yeah. you're soft you are yeah you know and it's like and in our industry it's very very common like you know to kind of you know for people to kind of get into that frame of mind which is I mean, I must admit, actually, we're starting to see like a bit of a reversal of that now. And it's it's something we've been pushing for a long, long time, isn't yeah. it? You know, the importance of sleep, chilling the hell out a little bit, taking an extra day off and not Which sticking so rigidly me. to your plan. I, but have then, the, I have this product, Sleep Yourself. It's ooh, eight, like eight days. Eight days to... Oh, wow. <laughs> How much is it? To drop a dress size. <laughs> just eight days, that's yeah. it. Boom, and you're sorted. Yeah. You've just got to sleep for eight days. <laughs> check, check out Keris's magic sleep formula. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? Lose a dress size every night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Some people would buy that. I guarantee you. Some people would buy into that BS. I promise you. At this point in time, I would buy it not because I wanted to get slim, but because I would just like to sleep for eight sleep days. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But just quickly, going back to what you were uh, talking about then, is um, funny enough, the, the podcast I'm listening to with Tony Robbins, The Unshakable, and um, they have different guests on as well because a big part of this this uh, podcast and this book unshakable is actually about kind of like um like wealth management as well if you like and planning for your future because obviously they know that kind of you know money worries and stresses are a huge problem for people yeah you know and despite what anyone says of like oh it's only money and all of that it's a huge stressor for, for households and things like that and you you kind of want to think about your future and your pension etc etc as well as kind of like other things and mindset and whatnot but what i liked is one of the guys said that 
The problem with money, the problem with money is, is when people have got money, they don't worry about it. They only worry about money when they haven't got much of it. But it should be the other way around. When you've got money, worry about it. What am I going to do to be as smart with this money as I possibly can so that I don't run out and that my future still rock solid should uh, a hiccup come up or yeah. a bill for whatever else come in? And just as you were speaking, then I thought it's almost the same with your health. Like, when you've got health, yeah. worry about it. Yeah. What can you do to maintain it yeah. and not be complacent and kind of yeah. just think, oh, I'll deal with whatever when it happens? Yeah. You know, because... Don't, don't worry about it, be aware of it. Be aware of it, yeah, yeah but yeah. I suppose just to kind of keep it in context. Yes, yeah. Whereas, you know, most people, and it's funny, I put this up on Facebook the other day, I said, I find it so funny that when people get a cold or flu, all of a sudden they start eating loads of, like, vegetable soups yeah, and stews yeah. and fruit, and then as soon as they're better, they stop. Yeah. You know, or someone will only go for a massage once they've pulled a muscle or yeah. done their back it. Well, the Whereas, you know, ability. now we often treat ourselves to a massage, you know, as a restorative measure. Yeah. Not because I'm like, oh, God, I've got this injury. We do it because it helps us relax. It, you know, you know reduces tension, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and the same just goes with your health. Like, don't wait until it's kind of like gone or going or, you know, you're, you're ill or you're in a bad way. Yeah. You know, whilst you've got it, make the most of it, but think long term, think ahead of what you can do to kind of like keep it that way. Well, going back to the one thing we should say about exercise is just how much it has. Um, it's beneficial for your immune system, but the really intense sessions, like your hit, like your kind of heavy strength sessions, are kind of immune suppressing. As is kind of really long endurance sessions. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of marathon runners at this time of year might be getting the tickly cold, the tickly throat, and then it's a sore throat, and then suddenly it's a, you know it's a really bad cold. And so, one thing that that you made sure in Fit Sixteen was a big section on kind of actually you know not these consecutive workouts definitely not if you've done full body and intense stuff like space it out with days off with days off and that's when you know like the nutrition the sleep and then just some gentle movement is really important not being sedentary as such a mistake we often made um <laughs> i think i ended up in hostel once by doing a really heavy deadlift session and then just going parking my bum in a computer like sitting down on, on my computer yeah. um for hours just just doing loads of work and then literally stood up and couldn't move and uh, when I got taken to A&E, I'd, I'd kind of trapped a femoral nerve and I literally was just in so much agony. I couldn't walk. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And he said, it's because you've created this inflammation from your training and it's kind of trapped a nerve and that's all. And then you just sat down. Yeah. Um, but equally, just just when you're not moving, you know, like, I mean, when you're not at the gym, you should still be moving. And even if that's standing, taking the stairs, you know, walking more, it's just, just so important. And that, again, is something that we've even said in Fit16, gardening, household chores, anything like just move I've, I've started to get a little bit excited about mopping the floor at the moment because i'm like it's a chance to do some movement but then i do love a clean house so. work some wrist weights on <laughs> yeah, yeah no get, get, get cleaning to be honest it's a break from my laptop so that's no, but I mean, cool and the house gets clean you're absolutely right because you know what we wanted from fit 16 with the training aspect of things was like i said i really wanted to kind of like help people understand that you don't have to train every single day to get great results and that you can actually get fantastic results from two or three really good quality workouts a week um you know push come to shove maybe if it's one workout but then if on top of that you're moving every day going for a walk you know if you're in the supermarket use a basket not a trolley you know all these little things you know farmers walk that shopping yeah walk all the way home (laughs) yeah But like I suppose, like um, it was also I wanted to do it in a way as well that 
it, nothing felt out of reach for people. You know, workouts weren't disheartening. So if someone felt like they couldn't do something, and we make it very clear in the program, don't worry about it. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough or anything like that. It just means you're just not quite at that level yet, which is absolutely fine because you will get there. Here's a regression to do in the meantime until you build up to it. And I think the, the, the beauty of Fit at 16 as a whole anyway is that we break it down into four phases and the same goes for the training. So each phase is a progression on the phase before. So, you know, if someone signed up in phase one and they tick the box that they're a complete beginner, they train at home with no equipment whatsoever. But then by the time they get phase two, they've stuck to the plan. They feel fitter. They can do more reps. They can shorten their rest periods. They can do an extra few sets here and there. You know, they might say in phase two, I actually consider myself a bit of an intermediate now. I could bump up to an intermediate training plan and then that's the plan that they'll receive. They might join the gym by the fourth phase and then they can do yeah. the gym plan. And, and they can do that. <laughs> or, you know, let's say, for example, someone signs up in phase one and um, they haven't actually been able to stick to the plan as much as they would like for whatever reason, you know, work commitments, you know, family commitments, something that has just prevented them from, from sticking to it as much as they wanted to. Maybe a lack of motivation. Maybe it wasn't quite the right time. Come phase two... They, you know, they might want to just stick to the beginner's option, but they'd receive a new workout. So at least they've got something different, yeah. but it's still a beginner's option. So you're not kind of forced to kind of like progress at a pace that you're not quite ready for because yeah. you make that decision. However, I will add, I know this sounds like a sales pitch. It kind of is. I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> you work really hard. We're, we're very proud of this plan. We are. But um, again, we know that time is is a huge barrier for people, or lack of time, should I say. Hence the reason why we've put some nice, short but sweet 10-minute workouts in there, some HIIT workouts as well, which don't take very long. But again, very intense in, in nature, very productive, allows you to get a lot done in a small window of time. Um, because again, you know, don't put a, you know, don't set a timer on something like Kerry's used to be guilty of this. Like, oh, if I can't train for 45 minutes, I won't bother. it's worthless. Yeah. It's pointless. So anything less than 45 minutes, according to Kerry's before was just wasn't worth doing at all, which of course you and I know is complete toffee. Something is always better than nothing. Right. So, and again, it's just working with people to get that out of their head thinking, do you know what today I haven't had time to train? No worries, but I'll walk home from work or, um, I'm going to whack some chicken and some veg in the oven. And whilst that's cooking, I'm going to crank out a quick body weight workout or something like that, just to give you a, you know, an example. And actually, one of the cool things I'd say, <clears throat> it's the last thing I'll say now, <laughs> is uh, what I really liked is you decreased the frequency of the workouts as the phases went on. Yeah. So because they got a bit more kind of, as you progress them, they'd become more challenging and therefore the sessions went down to three a week, mm. which I think for some people would kind of blow their mind a bit when you're yeah, like... people like, care. Yeah, you only need to train <laughs> three times a week. But we know people who train kind of twice a week we might, uh, the only reason I'd say we probably do more, you and I, is because a lot of our time is basically kind of desk bound. So we mm-hmm. quite like to get out for long walks and, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. might be. And, and I'm doing the yoga uh, teacher training, so I'll be doing a bit more of that. But other than that, if I was, you know, I think I think two kind of weights, weight-based sessions and, you know, it, it would yeah. easily be enough for me right now because the way that your body composition is, is generally governed is kind of such a combination of not just activity, but nutrition, sleep and stress management. And that is you know that's how you sustain any yeah. changes that you make so and and i suppose like you know a big thing for us is like just being a bit more intuitive so you know yeah. we, we like we say like if you say plan to do monday wednesday friday as the training schedule suggests and it's only ever a suggestion because obviously we can't dictate your routine 
But, you know, let's say on the third day, on the Friday, you're still really sore from Monday and Wednesday. You feel really quite tired. Instead of going, oh, yeah, but, you know, I should do it today. You know, I have to do it today. You know, there's nothing wrong with going, do you know what? I just just ain't feeling it today. I'm going to go for a little walk, maybe do a little bit of mobility stuff and a stretch, loosen up a little bit, and I'll come back again tomorrow. And your body will be so, so grateful for it, and you'll end up having a really good workout. So, again, you know, just being a bit more intuitive, listening to your body's feedback and um, and adapting along the way. Awesome. Lovely stuff. So, guys, kind of just closing thoughts, you know, just, you know, nail the basics brilliantly well. You know, that's kind of like our our motto when it comes to training and nutrition, really. You know, as long as you're doing the basics brilliantly well, then you can start complementing it with a little bit more funky stuff, jazz things up a little bit. You know, just keep it simple, keep it effective, keep it enjoyable. And um, little tip, make sure you track every single workout. You know, just write down what you've done, the weights you've lifted, the reps, the sets, how you kind of felt on that workout. Uh, Because then that way you can monitor your progress or or lack of, should I say, a little bit better. And it's just much, much more rewarding that way. You know, you can do it on your phone. I'm old school. I've got my little pad, pad and paper. Boom. Um, which I always start off really neatly and then towards the end when I'm fatigued or just get a bit lazy, the handwriting just goes all over the shop. I'm like, what exercise is that? <laughs> I was lifting how much? Um, but yes, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I hope there's been some value in there somewhere from a training perspective. Don't feel like you need to do everything that's under the sun. Don't feel like you need to be doing hit every single day of the week. You know, there is no one thing that's, you know, best for fat loss. Just keep yourself moving. Complement it with good nutrition and lifestyle choices most of the time of course and uh yeah enjoy being healthy energized and moving that sounded really cheesy didn't it oh thoroughly oh <laughs> okay guys thank you for listening of course as always if you love the episode share it with your friends if you haven't left a review on itunes or or whatever leave us a review give us some feedback get in touch with any questions as well because like your questions are inspire us you know for our content on these things so yeah keep them coming in and of course if you do want some more information on our fitter 16 plan uh, just head on over to fitter16.com and there's a bit more info on there of course about what's involved with the plan how it works etc etc and of course you can always get in touch uh, on the fitter food page on facebook twitter instagram whatever or info at fitterfood.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible awesome we'll do blood tests on the next episode then yeah yeah we'll see <laughs> keep it simple yeah yeah now, now the basics brilliantly well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys, have a good day. Speak to you soon. Bye.